Welcome back to Restless. I'm Father Joseph here with Lauren, Diane, and Paul, and it is my favorite time of year, Lent. Partly because Lent comes from the Old English word meaning spring, so that means winter is almost over, thank goodness. Gosh, it's been a snowy February so far. (laughs) But uh, let's talk about Lent and Ash Wednesday, two beautiful topics. So the thing that everyone thinks about, of course, in Lent and the great conversation topic among Catholics is, well, what are you giving up? Or what are you taking on? What are you doing? What's your Lenten penance? So I'm curious if you guys are doing something original or bringing out an old old favorite. What are you doing this Lent? Don't tell me we're three days in and you haven't figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> that happens. So so I can start. And I think um, I'm actually doing, um, I'm doing something very similar to what I did last year, um, which I thought was very effective, where I actually, um, it's food related. Um, so it's kind of a common trend but it's 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 quite hard and i really struggled with it so i want to do it again because i struggled with it and i um and i try to go vegan for most meals um and i allow myself one meal with meat on sunday and then one meal with fish and then dairy like extremely limited only if it's a situation that i can't avoid for some particular reason his one Um, meat meal is half of a cow no you gotta get that protein somehow bro (laughs) yeah and I, can, I mean, I can only eat beef like once a month anyway. So like beef isn't that big of a stretch, but like chicken, I eat almost every single day during normal times. So that, that's, it's really hard. Um, but it's, mm. uh, but I found actually a lot of health benefits from it in the short term, not in the long term. Um, but it was, it was just something that I had to constantly be thinking about because there's, you, it's just really hard when you're not used to it. Um, so that just made me constantly uh, remember the season. And uh, I think that was really important, especially when I was at home all the time because of COVID. Truth, truth. That's probably even tougher, but do you get rid of like the temptation in your house? Like, So I do a couple of, so I'm, I'm kind of ridiculous. So I will, um, like I'll also give up like something, some degree of sweets, um, not like I'll have fruit and stuff like that. But so what I do is to build willpower, I actually put like a Lind- Lindor chocolate right on my desk, <laughs> right in front of me and I won't eat it for all of Lent. St. Teresa of Avila used to do that with a pear. That was mm. her thing. She stuck a pear on her desk, which at a certain point would become rotten and yeah. disgusting and no longer tempting. But Right. Well, I had um, I had Biscoff cookies. I, I went on my last flight on March 7th, um, 2020, and I said I had the little Delta Biscoff cookies, and I put them on my desk, and I said, I'm not going to eat these again until I get on a plane again. And so I took a flight on January 1st of this year, and so I got home and I ate my Biscoff cookies, but <laughs> I looked at them for nine months. Were they stale? No, they're fine. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're like, they don't go stale. Which they're molasses based. Trouble so. us, but. <laughs> anyway, so that, that's what I do to, to kind of keep willpower up. That's it's, awesome. It's constantly tempt myself. <laughs> it's true. It really works. It, it does, but if you're struggling with purity, please don't do this. <laughs> no, I'm just. <laughs> so, Diane, what are you doing? Um, so, for prayer, I mean, I'm just continuing my, I go to daily mass, so I'm continuing to do that, and um, the silent prayer, um, 20 minutes a day, but I'm also, each day, um, I offer up, so I write down, you know, like, 40 people, and then each day I offer up for that person. Um, oh, that's and, awesome. Yeah, and communion and stuff for them. Um, and then I'm also doing uh, the consecration St. Joseph um, with my boyfriend, so... Um, we're doing that and ending it on March 19th. So that'll be part of Lent. 
Um, and then also fasting. So historically, I've like given up something like a sweet or social media or whatever, but I haven't really engaged too much in fasting because it's one of those things that I was like, don't really want to do that. Um, and so I feel like I kind of, you know, thought about, okay, like what, what do I get like uneasy about? And fasting is one of those things. And I think it's, I've heard about, you know, like how powerful it is. And so I really just want to practice that. And I feel like it will be a challenging mortification. So, um, yeah, so taking that up. So how are you going to fast? Oh, um, Wednesdays and Fridays doing like a bread and water type of fast. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's intense. That's very intense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I need to, I need to push myself in order to grow spiritually. So I don't want it to be just easy. Yeah. That's awesome. Way to go. Yeah, I'm excited. I don't think I'm coming close to that this year. That's, I'm that's certainly weird. not. I'm like, I'm the weak link in the group here. So I've always given up all sweets and that's just a thing. And now it's like, because it's Lent, like, you know, Paul, you're talking about leaving a chocolate on your desk. Like, I'll just never break it, you know, like, because it's, for Jesus, like that, it's not really hard anymore. I mean, I've been doing this since middle school, so it's mm. it's kind of routine. But then, I, since I had been doing it so long, then I was like, well, I've mastered this. So then I would give in some years, you know, like maybe it's somebody's birthday at work. It's like, oh, there's cake, and I might forget, or you know what I mean? I mm -hmm. might. So anyway, but this year, I want to stick to it, you know, be stricter. I've also given in sometimes with semi-sweet chocolate chips. Yeah, because I used to eat granola bars all the time too. And I'm like, well, there's chocolate chips in these granola bars, like, but it's not cookies, cakes, and ice cream, you know. So I'm like, I'm good, but there's still chocolate chips. So then, you know, yeah, I don't know. What's the rule? Yeah. Yeah, I would like make the rule a little wavy how I saw it fit, but I definitely want to be strict with that this year. Um, because I also think got a little more uh, reassured, I guess, in why we do it over the past year. Like, I didn't understand it before. Like, it just felt like, okay, we do this every year. But why are we doing this? I don't know. And it's most of the people that I encounter, too. It's like, well, I'm giving this up for Lent. And, like, that's all they say. And that's as far as it goes. Mm. You know, it doesn't even feel like it's about God or anything, or growing spiritually. It's just this cultural thing. Like, even people who aren't Catholic will give something up for Lent. It's true, yeah. You know? Yeah. So It's like giving up to make space for God, because I think if you're missing that second half, then, I mean, really, what's the point? You're kind of like on a diet, a diet or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so that's always one. And then I do, I've been thinking about this. We had, <laughs> It's from this show, when we talked about social media, and I was like, yeah, I mean, I probably should be spending more time in prayer than scrolling social media in the evenings, which I still do. So now Lent is here, okay? So no social media in the evenings. I know you're like, well, just give it up all the time. But I do stuff for Restless. You know, I post some yeah, videos yeah. and things. And I don't think it's really realistic to think I can't be on it at all. But in the evenings, for me, would make a huge difference because then I have to pray, and I don't always do silent prayer. I really don't ever do it, even though I'm supposed to. And uh, I want to keep doing my spiritual reading. Like I'm reading a couple things. Like I'm rereading Catholic Christianity. I'm trying to get through Sister Faustina's diary. Mm. Then I have the Bible. That so like depending on the night, I'm like, all right, I'm ready for more Sister Faustina tonight. I'm like, nope, let me hear Jesus, <laughs> you know. So I, I rotate it. But if I'm never on social media, I can at least get one of those in every night. That's great. This is a time for a shameless plug. Please follow us on social media, Instagram and Facebook at Restless Catholic Media. There we go. There you go. There's your <laughs> shameless. Perfect segue. Thank you, yes. for that. 
So, Father Joseph, what are you doing for Lent? Or well, what are you doing for Lent? So, all right. So, I like how you're talking about, like, the wavy line. So, yeah. I don't know if you guys are familiar with, like, Exodus 90. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing Exodus 90. Okay. okay. But Exodus 90, for those who are listening and don't know what it is, it's this um, kind of ascetical challenge for, usually for men, where you do 90 days of, like, really intense, like, giving up um, caffeine and, and, like, basically the, the whole meaning and purpose of life. Cold just, showers. Just give it up, you know? Yeah. Yeah, cold showers and everything. So I, I don't do cold showers because honestly, I think that it's probably unhealthy because the rectory in which I live um, has a thermostat that's broken. So it's either on or off. So I either wake up in like 85 degree temperature or wake up in 45 degree temperature. Usually it's 45 degrees. And if I take a cold shower, I'm worried it might actually be ice cubes coming out on top of me. <laughs> but I do want to do some sort of penance. So I do like a cool shower. But then I'm always kind of like, well, how cool is cool? Like, has it got to be like 55 or like 60? Like, so I'm trying to like waffle there too. So I think for Lent, what I'm going to do is I'm actually just going to put a rock in my shoe. Really? Yeah. That seems too like hard, too mean to yourself. I'll I'll let you know in a week. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to give it a shot. You're going to go for runs? Have you been going for runs? I've not been going for runs. Well, maybe when I work out, I won't. But then. Okay. Then I'm starting to find well, loopholes again. Yeah, well, but yeah, I mean, you don't want to cause like a <laughs> gaping, gaping hole in your foot either. And, and probably worse than that is if I'm running, I would favor the other knee. Yeah. You know, so you like totally mess up your gait and everything. So yeah. yeah, that would be like messed up. So, but I don't know. I, I've tried to do something creative because like, as you say, you do kind of get stuck in the same rut of like, I'm giving up desserts again and... And it becomes, like Lauren was saying, it's not, like, that was my part. That's why I'm, like, entering into the fasting, because I felt like I was doing that stuff, and, like, I was attached to those things, and I feel like I could just, you know, like, I could part with them now. So, it's, yeah, it's just not challenging. Yeah. So, you kind of want to challenge yourself. Yeah. But all of yours sounds pretty challenging. Sounds pretty vigorous. It, yeah. So, So we'll see how, see how it goes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll keep tabs on each other throughout Lent. That's awesome. So, you know, Lent, of course, you know, so we talked about kind of the fasting, kind of the giving up. But do you also do you know, like the prayer and the almsgiving? I know Diane said about prayer. Lauren said about prayer. Like, do you guys do the almsgiving too? Like, nope. No? <laughs> uh, we've been taught this every year, right, since religious education. And they used to give us the little cardboard box to put coins in. Oh, yeah. Right? But, rice bowl. Yeah. But no, oh, yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I forgot about the rice bowl. Oh, that was a good one. Rice bowl, yeah. Yeah. I don't really do anything. What should I be doing? You all inspire me. Help me out. So so I just, I have a, uh, I, I, I do, I do like from like monetary alms. I do donate money. I just donate it in august because that's that's when i have lots of liquidity so i don't give any additional in lent just from a timing perspective but i don't cut off my donations my regular donations either that makes sense yeah 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 last year was the first year i put together like a charity budget so i basically took like my income and you know like by percentage Mm. of whatever and had this goal for the year and then kind of spread it across the different organizations i did start it during lent but like paul said i mean it's more like some of them are monthly, quarterly, and stuff. So it's it's not really starting anything new. It's just you know like continuing that cycle that it started. Right. Yeah. I think it would be good to do things extra. Like would love to do. We used to do, um, or we still do them in Stanford, which is like social nights of service where mm-hmm. we can help out. Um, usually something with food. Um, uh, I know a lot of churches do like the midnight runs, collect clothes for midnight runs in New York City and other cities. So um, those those can be good things too. Our parish does not have a poor box. 
And it should. It should. Let's let's fix, try to fix that. Mm-hmm. I might bring that yeah, up. Yeah, that's a good that idea. Because mm-hmm. that's an easy way. You just walk into church, drop a five in there. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great idea. That's a good idea. So have you ever had a Lent then that has been like so awesome that it like totally changed you spiritually? Yes. Which, what have, what happened? Um, it was three years ago, I believe. Well, almost four, no, I guess four years ago. But um, I decided to, I was not at that point going to daily mass. And so I decided that I was going to do that. And it was just going to be for the 40 days and that was it. And um it completely changed my life. I just fell in love with the mass and it just uh, jump-started, I think, just my like dive into the faith. And uh, once I once Lent ended, I just didn't want to stop. And uh, yeah, I just can't even tell you sort of the graces that flowed from, you know, doing that and then um, having that continue. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. How long, I, I, and I've heard various like ideas. So how long have you heard that it takes to form or break a habit? I feel like you told us 28 days. That's what I had heard, but like I've also <laughs> heard people episode. being like 40 or like 21. It's probably or, a range, right? Maybe. It depends what habit Everybody's you're different. Yeah. trying to form. But that's awesome that you've kept it up after Lent was over. Yeah. Yeah, it was one of those things that, I mean, it was total grace, but I was just, and it was kind of funny because I, <laughs> I was going into it like, oh, I'm just going to do, you know, it wasn't like really that intentional. Um, I mean, obviously I said I was going to do it, but... Um, I had no idea what the fruit of that was going to be. So. Mm. Mm-hmm. Praise God. That's yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. So that's why I just think it's like really important to like go outside of your comfort zone and challenge yourself and really especially like look at sort of like those things that you don't want to give up or don't want to do like because those are your attachments and that's kind of what's preventing you from maybe um, having that like full relationship with the Lord. So um, I just I've seen it work in my own life and I yeah, I just I want to go deeper because you can always go deeper. That's true. I can t- testify to that too. Uh, I remember when I was 16, I was getting more and more into my faith. And so I was like, you know, I want to take on like the worst Lenten penance ever, which for me, it was praying the rosary every day. At the time, I did not enjoy the rosary at all. And I found that once Lent was over, I couldn't put it down. It just became such a part of me and still is, you know, that was because of Lent, that discipline. Have you guys had a, a Lenten experience like that, that rocked your world? Or not really? You don't have to. So, so 2020, I was actually really excited for Lent, and then there was COVID, and that made it really hard. That's a long Lent for a lot of people. Yeah, and it, I think that I was, well, because I had all this, I had all these Lenten plans, um, so to speak, and then they all kind of got, um, they all kind of just fizzled away. Um, I, I mean, I kept to my fast and all that, but it was, it was just so somber um, that whole time that. Uh, I felt myself, I was thinking more about what was going on in the world than about my own sanctification or something like that. Mm. Um, so yeah, that was, that was tough. It was so almost, I think last year was, was, pre- was from like remembering things. I think it was, it was a pretty good Lent all in all. It was almost year, like 2020. The whole, the whole world was going through Lent. Yeah. In I'd a say. sense, you know. Yeah. Well, I'm going to jump in for Lauren because I like I can testify to I mean, she went to Spain last year during Lent and I think that totally transformed. I can see the transformation in her spiritual life because of that um retreat that she did in Spain um with the religious community there and it's just I mean, I've known Lauren since I was 10 years old and uh it's just it's it's really beautiful to see and and you know, I think it's 
you know, maybe Lauren, you don't even see it as much as I do, but um, you, I think you came back from that trip and you were just totally, totally transformed. Like the grace, I, I could, it's, it's as if I could visibly see it and the working in it of, in your life. Um, it was really just amazing how you um, just became so serious about prayer life and sort of um, all of the things that the sisters talked about and um, your dedication and discipline. So um, it's something that's really inspired me and, um, you know. Yeah, so I, th- I think that was very... If you don't see it as transformational, I see it as total, <laughs> totally transformational. That's so nice, Diane. Thank you. No, I can certainly speak to 2020 was a total spiritual growth year for me from that one retreat. And I had never been to a retreat before. I didn't really know what I was missing before that. Um, I didn't know what to expect. Obviously, this was right when COVID hit and the lockdown <laughs> happened. <laughs> so that was a little crazy. Um but yeah, it was just totally eye-opening to me uh, to think more about eternity and heaven and less about the day-to-day thing and how am I getting myself to heaven. Mm. Um, so yeah, that that was a big year in terms of that. I didn't think about it, though, as being from Lent. So thank you. I guess I did have a good there you <laughs> go. once in my <laughs> life. That's beautiful. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to talk about Mardi Gras, Ash Wednesday, and the infamous Lenten loophole. Stay tuned. Hey, did you know you can take Veritas Catholic Network with you wherever you go? All you have to do is download the Veritas Catholic Network app. Then you can listen to the live broadcast 24 hours a day. You can also grab podcasts of our original shows like Let Me Be Frank and Restless and much more right at your fingertips and on your phone. Download the Veritas Catholic Network app today at the Apple App Store or on the Google Play Store or visit www.veritascatholic.com. All right, welcome back to Restless. It's Lent. And, you know, one of the big controversies, at least in in my parish, is the controversy of the Lenten loophole, which is, do you take Sundays off from your Lenten penance? And some people say yes, and some people say, no way, Jose, if they're Spanish. (laughs) So... I actually think that people that speak Spanish probably don't say that. Yeah, <laughs> just, just to clarify for all of our listeners. That's probably true. <laughs> so do you guys take uh, Sundays off? Because growing up, we did. We took Sundays off from our penance. I have planned exceptions on Sundays, as I mentioned. In that's my, good. So you, in build, my... you build it in. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So if I'm, if like, if I'm going to have one meal with me out of... Uh, out of all the meals, to what, 21 meals throughout a week, right? I'll have one meal that's meat. I will do that on Sunday. Okay. Well, of course, if Diane's going to daily mass, she's not going to give that up on a Sunday. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> and I'm not fasting on a Sunday. Um, I don't know. I've always seen Sundays that they're feast days, right? So, and it's, I mean, how many days are in the Lenten season? It's like 46 46, or if right? you count, yeah. Yeah, so, um, I mean, my advice would just be like, if it's going to derail you, don't do it, but... Yeah, if you're giving up a sin, don't feel free to do oh, the right. sin on Sunday. <laughs> right, right, well, yeah. right, exactly. It's like, I mean, I'm not going to stop praying and stop going to Mass on Sunday because <laughs> it's, it's Sunday. Sunday. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it depends. Yeah. Yeah, growing up, I was a strict, you know, it's a straight 40 days, and then you have Palm Sunday and Holy Week, right? So that made sense to me. Like, you do your 40 days, and now we've, we're in the, the, the last week here. So, of course, you can't break your Lenten fast then right it's you know the last few days leading up to leading up to easter but my grandpa always broke it Mm. so you know he'd have ice cream 
on Sunday. So that would always be a debate. And I'd look at the calendar and be like, no, because you got to do the 40 days and then Holy Week. But obviously, too, if you do, you know, um, all the days throughout the week, take off Sunday, that's an exact 40 days to Easter. Yeah. So, you know, it's either way. So I've actually done it both ways. When I was younger, I would say high school, maybe I do the strict no sweets and I was stricter then and I could do it the 40 days, no problem. And that was something I realized and kind of grew in, I guess, like, wow, I do have this self-control because I really like sweets a lot. Mm. But because it was for Jesus, it was like so easy. Any other time of the year, I'd be like, oh, I should really be healthier. Nope. (laughs) Never stuck to it, ever. Um, And this year, I don't know. I think I'm undecided. I got to, do I want to be firm and strict or do I want to have the glory and... Mm feast on sunday i don't know i could go either way now i think i think like so so what i do is i try to as you said build it in so i know and i don't look at it as like well i think of it as just part of like the plan for me so like if you're gonna have a suite have like one suite and that's the plan it's not like okay now i'm gonna go buy a box of chocolates and ice cream and cake <laughs> well, you and know, pears. I just, I, and pears, and pears. <laughs> if you're saint Teresa of avila <laughs> yeah I did some research into this Lenten loophole because as we were talking over break, we have a parishioner who would always challenge me constantly on this. And the truth is, before the Second Vatican Council, you were required as a Catholic to fast every day of Lent. Now, now there's two days of fasting, Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. And to fast is almost a joke because it means one regular meal and two smaller meals that don't add up to the one regular meal. Okay, well, that's like, like most people can handle that. That's like nothing. But imagine if you did that for, you know, 46 days, you'd actually physically get weak. You know, you'd just really struggle to keep the energy, especially if you're working maybe in the fields or in the factory or something. And so Sundays were the day in which you did not have to do that fast. So you could have as much food as you wanted because you needed it physically to mm-hmm. regain your store of food. Now, like ice cream is not the same, you know, <laughs> you're not going to die if you get 46 days without ice cream. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But how about the solemnity of the feast of St. Joseph and the uh, Annunciation? Annunciation, yes. March 25th. Right. Yeah. So we have yeah. two great feast days. Yeah, mm. and being named Joseph myself, I you know do take St. Joseph's feast day off. Okay. Plus, because there's Zeppelis, <laughs> which is kind of the Italian tradition. It is the Italian tradition. I'm not in my family. No. No. It's just not. Just didn't exist. Well, I'm not Italian either, but I eat Zeppelis on that day. <laughs> That's awesome. So a couple of days ago, we celebrated Ash Wednesday, the day in which churches are probably more full than any other day of the year. What is that about? Why do all these people that never go to Mass think it's they capes. need their ashes? The capes Catholics. It's, a, it's, it's part of the deal. You want to explain capes? Uh, Christmas, Ash Wednesday, Palm Sunday, Easter Sunday. Yeah. So when we give free giveaways. Forget the body, <laughs> forget the body and blood of Jesus that you get every Sunday. No, we get palms. I get dirt on my forehead. <laughs> Somehow it's very exciting. I don't know. <laughs> Truth. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, do you wear your ashes proudly, or are you like one of those people that like wipes it off as soon as you get home or whatever? Well, Monsignor Dutcher preached once when I was growing up that we do not need to keep them on. Like, it's not about like showing off or showing what we are, you know, it's for us and for Christ and acknowledging that we are sinners. So you can wipe it off as soon as you leave here. And then I was like, oh, okay. So, I mean, I'm going to go to high school now and I'll clean it off. I mean, it it is kind of awkward, you know, 
I think one year I didn't wipe it off and I walked into class and it is a little uncomfortable to do that. And I don't know. Yeah. So once I heard from him, I was like, oh, I don't, I don't need to keep these on. I'm not doing anything wrong by wiping them off. So I'll just wipe them off and go about my day, you know, but then I do kind of like, so working now, um, like last year or maybe it was the year before then, cause last year we weren't really in, I think we were already quarantined maybe, but you know, I saw some random people with the ashes on their face. I was like, Oh, so you're a Catholic, you know, like not anyone I knew. Like I worked mm. with like about 300 people. Not so. only ca- not only Catholics do Ash Wednesday, ashes on Ash Wednesday. Oh, so. okay. It could actually be a deeper conversation if you'd like. Oh, that's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Lutherans do it too and a few other Protestants. Episcopalians. Oh, that's Anglicans. a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so I don't keep them on. What about you all? So in Catholic school, <clears throat> up until I went to Catholic school through eighth grade, and we would compare on whose was darker, like the darker <laughs> smudge on your forehead. Um, and you would try to go to like the priest, the one who would do Ash Wednesday Mass, who would give the darkest, like Father Ganud would not, it would not be dark. You wouldn't go to him anyway. Like, um, replace but, the toner. Yeah, but then, <laughs> and then, uh, and then, but after that, I mean, I think I always went to like seven p.m. or seven thirty, whatever it was, mass, and that's when I would get my ashes. So, it's like, was, you ne- missed, was, missed the whole day. What <laughs> you missed the whole day? Yeah, but you know, that's that's fine. Yeah, yeah. it's fair. I would keep them. I mean, I would keep them on, but I just remember when I was like, you know, a little kid, and I think my granny was babysitting me on Ash Wednesday or something, and. Uh, I I wanted to wipe them off, and she was like, "Don't you do that? That's a sin. Uh, you know, you got to take it off in the shower." So I always have her voice in the back of my head. But I mean, yeah, no, I I wear them to work. Often they're not attractive because they don't look like a cross. Um, they look yeah. like a dot or a smudge. But um, yeah, just keep them on. Yeah. Yeah. wear it proudly. Exactly. So I went to. Um, this is a questionable decision, but uh, <laughs> but so sure. I went a uh, me and my mom. Me and my mom have a tradition of going to Bruce Springsteen concerts. My mom's been to forty five concerts. I've been Whoa. to I've been to sixteen uh, myself. Forty five. Oh my god! So That's one awesome. of them was on Ash Wednesday in Hartford, um, <laughs> and it was actually pretty remarkable. When we went into the concert, I would say eighty percent of the people at that concert had ashes on their forehead because I mean, that's his fan base. It's generally like, you know, working class or baby boomer Catholic people, Italians, Irish, German, you know? Um, and so actually that was kind of from that perspective, it was somewhat, I don't know. It was like comforting. It was like, okay, well this isn't, this is kind of like a place where, where we are and that's okay. You know, they're good people. Yeah. Yeah. At least church going at least on one day of the year. Yeah. At least that day, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Honestly, I don't remember what I do. Like, because sometimes I don't get ashes till 7.30 p.m. If, if that's right. the mass I'm celebrating. But, but the other thing, too, is this isn't even a holy day of obligation. It's not. It's not. But nevertheless. Yeah, church I mean, in New, York City, in New York City, a lot of the churches, Catholic churches, Episcopalian churches, they have, like, just the walkthrough. Or even on the street. I've seen them on the street yes. just giving out ashes. And it's just, like, everybody that walks by is like, oh, okay, I'll get yeah, that. Yeah, why do people do that? We have a lovely, we have a <laughs> lovely understand. family uh, in our parish who runs some wonderful restaurants, the Marchettis. They run Columbus Park. And so every year they've had me go over and give ashes to their employees because they're working hard. They can't get to mass you know, on that, that day. No problem. So I went over last year. And as I'm walking through the restaurant, this couple who's sitting there having dinner is like, excuse me, excuse me, can I get some ashes? Like in the middle of your dinner? <laughs> so I go over to their table and I'm looking down at their food and like it's chicken i'm like it's supposed to be a day of fast and abstinence like oh and i'm like judging so hard in my head <laughs> like like 
yeah, I'll, I'll give you ashes, sure. So I lean over the table purposely, you know, sprinkling some ashes in the chicken <laughs> as I lean over to give them <laughs> ashes. But to me, that actually was like, and that's, that's one thing that, that uh, you know, as a priest you, you wrestle with is, you know, okay, it's an opportunity, but it's also kind of, yeah, you're right. There's some, certainly some uh, hypocrisy, hypocrisy because Jesus, I only use that word because Jesus uses it. He says, you know, don't be like the hypocrites mm. who show everybody they're fasting, show everybody that they're, you know, Catholic on that day. I mean, what do you guys think? Is it good or bad that everyone in the world wants ashes on that day? I think it's good. I, I think it, it's it's hard to put a blanket like statement on it because there's some some people may look at it as well. This is my one chance that I'm proud and I'm Catholic or Christian or whatever, and then it's you know this is I'm going to show it on this one day, and and that's a, like a, a like a missionary type of thing. So you could look at it that way, or it's you know I'm so holy that I'm going to get ashes. Well, that's a different that's a different situation. And you know, I think you know the people around you pretty well and you know what their intent is and you can, I guess, judge accordingly <laughs> when they have ashes and they're eating chicken. And, and that's, I mean, Probably just poorly catechized. Should have just told them to order the fish option. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, I just wonder, what are these people thinking? Like, do, do, <laughs> do they think that they're getting some kind of grace or something? with this ashes or you know what i mean like it's a step closer to heaven i i that's kind of what i'm would like to understand um mm. but i don't know how i could exactly ask somebody that who's not the most faithful or what they would even say and then like you said you always want to be delicate and understanding and try to lead people right in a like comforting way not be like what are you doing you know like <laughs> You don't know anything, but, but anyway, even though that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> well, I wonder if there's a way to start a conversation with people. Because if, if you got the ashes and maybe you know they don't go to church, you say like, hey, I, I see you got ashes. I got ashes too. You know, where do you go to mass? And then when there's the oh, crickets. I have, I, have a funny, like, I have a funny story about that one. Please, go ahead. When I was in working in New York City, one of my coworkers went to one of the walkthrough ashes situations, like in the morning before work. And I knew that he was like, he's this Italian guy, you know, he's probably Catholic, raised Catholic, because he had talked about it, like, about his Catholic upbringing or whatever, even though he wasn't really practicing. And he said, "Where?" I said, where'd you go to get your ashes? And he says, well, Trinity Church down in downtown Manhattan, which, which is, is not the, Catholic, which is an Episcopalian <laughs> church. And I'm like, oh, you realize like St. Peter's is like right across the street. But, you know, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it is, can be an opportunity for catechesis. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then you can say, well, ashes for me means so much because I understand what symbolism is. You know, it's like, repentance and turning turning back to god you know and just, just kind of share your journey on, on the ashes so so that's what i challenge you to do even though ash wednesday was a couple days ago was uh if you saw somebody with ashes that maybe you haven't seen in a while you say hey i noticed you had ashes that's so great let's talk about that you know bring up your faith because that's a public way of saying that at least they have a toe in the door of encountering christ in some small way through the catholic church Thanks so much for joining us on Restless Catholic. Uh, please, you found us on Veritas Catholic Radio, which is 1350 AM. Please find us also on social media at Restless Catholic Media, both on Facebook and Instagram, and also wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day. God bless. God bless.